0: Welcome to the Royal Priesthood. The topic for this episode is storms. Storms. I remember as a kid, my first power outage during a during a hurricane. It was, you know, you had the flashlights and the candles and just hanging out with the family. There's all types of storms, whether it's snowstorms that we're experiencing right now in the winter time, thunderstorms, tornadoes, you name it. They come and go, and they some many times leave aftermath in a path of destruction. But not just natural storms, but also storms in our own life that we go through. You know, every season that we go through, you know, many times it has a storm. Some of us are in the midst of a storm right now, and we're going to talk about all of that. first thing I want you to do in uh, self-reflection is just to think about, you know, 2018 is coming up in just a matter of days. And I want you to think about at least one, one to three things that you want to accomplish in 2018. One to three things. It could be you know in regards to your career it could be in regards to relationships that you have it could be what you know taking those next steps in your walk with Christ just think about one to three things that you want to accomplish in two thousand eighteen amen' just gonna read a few scriptures here well, the first one will be coming from job chapter thirty eight Verses one through seven says, then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely, you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? I love that. You know, if you read the book of Job, you know his story. And just to see towards the end of the book, God challenges Job and asks him these questions, you know, it's like essentially like, how dare you question me? You know, I'm the, the creator. How dare you question me? So it's so good. And it just provides perspective. Amen. Uh, the next one will be from Psalm chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. It says, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. You know many times i've been in a storm in my own life and you know it, it's tough sometimes the struggle is real but it take it takes that leap of faith and to really trust god all the way through through your storm and he's always there folks he's never gonna forsake us amen james chapter one verses two through four says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Amen. There's a purpose in our storms. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. So good. Next one is in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. It says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Just another point in scripture reinforcing the idea that we're supposed to be courageous. We don't need to be discouraged if God is on our side. Amen. I love that it says that he goes before us and he'll be with us. So he's already ahead of us. He's already at the finish line of our victory. He's already at the other side of our season. Amen. But he's also walking alongside us and walking with us through the storm. So good. I have two more here. Uh, The next one is from Psalm chapter 89, verses 8 through 9. It says, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. Amen. He has total control, folks. Total control. The last one here is from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Amen. Such a cool illustration of the power of God. I just want to think about storms, just in the natural sense, um, in terms of weather. You know, we think about storms, we think about, you know, tornadoes, rain, droughts, uh, hurricanes, snowstorms, blizzards, tsunamis, earthquakes, all those different things. And I wonder, you know, just to correlate storms in the natural sense to storms in the spiritual sense, it's all about perspective. You know, so for example, if we think about a storm in someone's life, you know, let's say let's say we pick the term rain. You know, rain can be seen in different ways. Rain can be seen as multiple trials entering someone's life at one time. You know, people say when it rains, it pours. One bad thing after the next, just weighing you down, wearing you out. But then you of see the other side, another perspective of rain. You see it as God's mercy and grace raining down on someone's life, resulting in this spiritual cleansing, if you will, right? So just think about different terms Um, of weather and of storms and correlate them with either a storm in your life or a storm in, you know, a family member's life or a friend's life. And just think about the perspective shift, right? So like, for example, if I was in a drought and, you know, it didn't rain, it hasn't rained for 40 days, for example, it's like, wow, it's just a drought. You know, I can think of it where, you know, I'm thirsty, I'm crawling on the desert, right? On this sand and I'm looking for water, but then you can think about it in another sense. If I'm in a drought, I'm kind of in isolation, but sometimes God puts us in these isolated places to really eliminate distractions from us and really see the bigger picture in our walk with Him. I remember being in Nigeria, Africa, in the Sahara Desert, and we just rode camels across the dunes of the Sahara Desert, and we got to the top of a dune we got off and we were able to just just soak in the landscape. And I tell you what, I mean, it was so picturesque. It literally looked like I was staring at a canvas as if it wasn't even real. It was so surreal to see the endless dunes across the Sahara Desert as I looked across the landscape. And I reached down and grabbed a handful of the sand. And the sand was so fine. It was so soft. It was beautiful, really. And so it's like you, on one end, you think about a drought, you think about this place you never want to be in, but then you think about being in the Sahara Desert, seeing God's creations and just almost drawing closer to him, just being in the desert, right? So just thinking about the perspective of that, amen. If you you could think of any others, just think about your storm right now, or just a storm that you encounter in the natural sense And be able to really shift your perspective in your correlation of what that really looks like on a bigger scale, zooming out and seeing why God has you in that storm to begin with. Amen. I was going into devotion here. So the disciples, you know, Jesus' disciples, they experienced several mountaintop moments in their time with Jesus. You know, but when, when a storm arose while they were out on the Sea of Galilee, fear took over. You know, amidst the roaring waves and with the boat rocking, Jesus' chosen ones failed to recall the lessons they had learned about the power and purposes of Jesus Christ. Even the appearance of Christ walking on water didn't bring immediate relief. And that's wow, because I mean they were they were there alongside Jesus, seeing all these miracles performed, seeing, seeing his power right in front of them, in person. And yet fear still took over in the midst of the storm. You know, when trouble strikes, we sometimes forget our own knowledge of God, too. You know, we struggle to recall past answers to prayer, specific guidance provided by the Holy Spirit, and even lessons learned in previous crises. Only that present seems real. Only that present time, right there in the moment, only that seems real. You know, our minds spin with future implications, and our troubled emotions inhibit clear thinking in those moments. I want you to just reflect on this of a time that you temporarily lost sight of Christ in your life. Want you reflect on that, you know, think of a time that, you know, you just temporarily lost sight of Christ in your life, where the the storm was just too big to where you didn't see Christ in the midst of it, didn't feel His presence, you didn't feel His comfort. Were um, you that temporarily losing sight of Him in your life? You see, in our own strength, we lack sufficient resources and abilities to meet life's challenges. We can't do it on our own. So God provides what we need. Our suffering is never a surprise to the Lord. He knows everything we are going through. More than that, He's orchestrating our circumstances for His glory and our benefit according to His goodwill. Amen. Now, reflecting on the divine purpose in hardship can help us respond to trials in a God-honoring way. Let's take a moment to fix our attention on the Lord and seek to understand four key lessons that He wants us to learn through life's dark moments. Number one, one purpose for hardship is cleansing. Because of our own flesh nature, and the self-absorbed world we live in, it's easy to develop selfish attitudes, mixed-up priorities, and ungodly habits. The pressures that bear down on us from stormy situations are meant to bring these impurities to our attention and direct us to a place of repentance. Our trials are intended to purify and, and guide us back to godliness, not ruin our lives. They're not intended to ruin our lives, but they're intended to purify and guide us back to godliness. Amen. i just thinking about, you know, how, reflect on this, how easy or how difficult is it to see those cleansing properties in the midst of a storm in your life? How easy or how difficult is it to see those cleansing properties in the midst of a storm in your life? Just reflect on that. For me, you know, it's pretty difficult. When you're in the midst of the storm, you're not really thinking about the aftermath, like after the storm. When you're on the other side and you're, on the, you're in that season of joy and peace, you're in that midst of the storm. That's all you see. You're surrounded by the storm. Like you, it's hard to really see, zoom out enough. To that perspective, where you say, "Okay, God, thank you, and being thankful in the storm, I say, "Thank you for allowing me to be in this storm, you know, testing me and guiding me, right? Now, a second reason that we face difficulty is so we'll be compassionate and bring comfort to others. God's work in our lives is not intended solely for us. It's designed to reach a world that does not recognize or acknowledge Him. The Lord uses our challenges to equip us for serving others. As we experience suffering, we will learn about God's sufficiency, His comforting presence, and His strength to help us endure. Our testimony during times of difficulty will be authentic. And those to whom we minister will recognize we know and understand their pain. How good is that? So good. Think about this. You know, what credibility would we have with people in crisis if we never experienced a deep need for ourselves? You know, what credibility would we have with people in crisis if we never experienced a deep need? And that's where that compassion really comes to life, when we've actually experienced a dark hole. We've experienced a storm ourselves. Uh, we've been in that cave uh, where we've ran from God before or we didn't see God in the midst of the storm and we needed that comfort and God's presence in that. And we've When we've walked through that, It wasn't just for us, you know, we're we're then better prepared to minister to someone else, especially if it was a similar circumstance. You know, you know, sometimes you're talking to someone and they share what crisis they're going through, what storm they're going through right now. You know, it's tough to really say, oh, yes, I understand what you're going through if you haven't actually gone through it. You know, of course, you can always say, you know, I haven't gone through that. So I don't fully understand. That sounds really hard. That's really tough. Let me pray with you. Let me be here. Just, you know, even though I haven't experienced it myself, I'm still here for you and with you and we can go through this together. You know, it's so powerful when you're able to, you know, cry along someone who's crying and really, you know, almost take on some of that, that weight with them so they know they're not alone. But it's, it's, it's even more powerful when you've actually experienced something that someone's gone through. You say, you know what? I understand how you feel because, and then you can share that testimony. And they're so encouraged by that. Amen. So there's a purpose. There's a purpose. Uh, third, the third lesson here is God promises us he'll provide a path through any trial we face. See, the disciples probably wondered how long the storm would last and whether they would make it safely to shore. Most likely, they probably wished it never happened. But had they somehow avoided this storm, they would have missed the demonstration of Jesus' power over the sea and the wind. The frightening situation was transformed into a revelation of the Savior's divine nature. You know, God wants to make his power known through our trials as well. So good. So the first, the first thing was that one purpose for hardship is cleansing. A second reason we face difficulty is so we'll be compassionate and bring comfort to others. Third, God promises us he'll provide a path through any trial we face. And the fourth thing here, the most important thing he gives us, is an awareness of his presence. Amen. You see, at first, the disciples believed they were alone in a terrifying storm. When they initially spotted Jesus, their fear increased. They thought he was a ghost. But as they recognized him, their fear changed to relief and hope. Similarly, We may not sense God's presence during a crisis, but he has promised to always be with us. You can find that in Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. You see, the assurance that the Lord will never leave, that provides immediate comfort. It provides an infusion of courage, and it provides a sense of confidence to endure, a sense of confidence to go the long haul, right? Just to continue pressing on, especially when it's hard. Amen. Now just, just reflect on this. What are some you know, practical ways that we can encourage ourselves or that we can encourage others of God's presence in the midst of a storm? And just think about some practical ways that we can actually encourage ourselves, or that we can encourage others of God's presence in the midst of a storm. You know, of course, you know, the word of God is so encouraging, right, for ourselves, but also for others. Um, praying with someone, you know, praying to God just really, really allowing God to understand, you know, because he already knows and understands your thoughts and emotions. But sharing those with him, being open, being transparent, really letting him know your raw emotions, how you're really feeling. It's OK. He can handle that. You can share that with him. Because he's there to comfort us and to really give us that discernment, that wisdom, so that we can see more clearly, more clear how this storm is really affecting us and setting us up or preparing us for the next season in our life. Amen. You see, no one enjoys suffering. But in the hands of Almighty God, Trials become tools. Amen. He uses hardship to shape believers into the people he intends them to be. Jesus allowed the disciples to experience the fear and anxiety of being in a boat on a raging sea. He permitted them to suffer because he had something far more important to teach them. He wanted the disciples to recognize their own helplessness, His sufficiency, and their dependence on Him. So today, you know, ask God to reveal His abiding presence in the midst of your trouble. And remember, He always provides for your spiritual needs to help you both endure and grow stronger in your Christian faith. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you're just such an awesome God. So awesome. And Lord, sometimes we go through storms and we don't quite understand why we're in them. We don't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel, God. But Lord, I just ask that you enable us to trust you all the way through. Lord, I just ask that you bless each of us with courage. Comfort us, God. I just ask that you just wrap your arms around us, Lord, especially in those dark moments, so that we can just feel your love, feel your embrace. Because your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us. And your word is 100% true, so we have to trust you. Because you are our creator. You wake us up every single morning so we can trust you, even in the midst of a storm. Lord, I just ask that you give us that endurance. So we can withstand these storms and we can learn so that we can become better individuals for you, better disciples for you, and more compassionate for others. Lord, we just trust you right now. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.